It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host and founder of BricktownBuckets.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at L-O-Thunderpod. Email the show, L-O-Thunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, brought to you by Bill Bar. Go to BillBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. We're going to dive into the raging conversation happening around Thunder Twitter right now. We're going to reset that conversation. We're going to talk about the Rockets game tonight and the baseball mini series that the Thunder will play this week, as well as the tough, tough month ahead for the Oklahoma City Thunder. But if you're on Twitter and you dabble in Thunder Twitter and seeing what Thunder fans are talking about uh, this whole season, but specifically these last couple of weeks, have been spent talking about tanking and if this team should tank or if this team is tanking. And there's clearly two sides to this argument, and each side has their devoted supporters. And basically there's like a fight to the death about who's going to be right or who's going to be wrong in this conversation. And we haven't made any headway yet. Like, no side really has the upper hand right now. I guess you could say that the tanking side does because they're under 500. But neither side feels like they're going to lose this argument. And the first thing about this is we should all have opinions about tanking. If you want to talk about the Thunder and, and you want to have an opinion on tanking, that's great. But fighting this to the death is kind of weird to me. Like, having this all-out brawl on Thunder Twitter every single day about if this team should tank or not is kind of weird because... Number one, we have absolutely no control over if this team wins or loses a game. No, Nothing that we say on Twitter or in the media or anything has anything to do with what happens when the, whenever the ball is tipped off in the air. So that's kind of strange to me. Also, it's not as though either side would, would not like the, the outcome, right? Like if you're a firm supporter of do not tank, make the playoffs, just go for it. If the Thunder did wind up winning the lottery, you're not going to root against Cade Cunningham. Like, you're not going to root against whatever prize pick the Thunder get. And if you were in Team Tank, you're not going to boycott the playoffs. Like, you're not going to just tune out on the playoffs and not watch it because you hoped the Thunder would tank. So before you even dive into this conversation, you have to understand nobody controls the outcomes. And nobody on either side is that passionate to where they're not going to support the team anymore. So it's kind of weird to have this fight to the death every single day. Now, there is a bad outcome this season, and the bad outcome is not the playoffs. The bad outcome is not tanking. Uh, Those two have significant advantages to each of them. Making the postseason has an advantage, uh, getting the the top pick in the lottery, winning the lottery, uh, being a bad team, 
has its advantages. The only outcome that has no advantage is where the Thunder are currently sitting, and that's at pick 11, pick 10. At pick 11, if the season ended today, the Thunder would head into the lottery with a 9.4% chance to go into the top four. They would only have a 2% chance to get the top overall pick. So in all likelihood, you will enter the lottery at pick 10 and leave the lottery at pick 10 in a draft that has seven franchise-changing players, including a generational talent in which nobody thinks will be able to be had via a trade in Cade Cunningham. So that middle area is the only area in which you should not want to be in because you can make the argument that it'd be beneficial to, to make the playoffs because it would mean all of your young players step up and, and all your young players are accelerating their timeline of, of developing and all that fun stuff. Now, with tanking, I think where some people are leading astray from this and why this has such a negative connotation around it, tanking has nothing to do any, with anything the Thunder are doing right now, right? Tanking happens in the offseason. It has nothing to do with Shea. It has nothing to do with Mark. Nothing to do with this team. It has everything to do with Sam Presti and this front office. And just as you can build a team that's trying to win a championship and fall short, you can build a team that's trying to tank and it falls short, and it's not that bad. The front office this year, in this offseason, made moves to make this team, on paper, worse than they were last year. This front office set out to construct this roster in a way that can shift the odds and win the lottery. And if players take unexpected leaps too soon, and that doesn't happen, so be it. But the tanking has already been done. At this point, it's just seeing how good or bad they did at constructing a tanking roster. And so they'll have another tanking move here as they trade George Hill. I still think, I still think it's going to be too hard to trade Al Horford in the season, but maybe they can find a way to do it. I just don't think that they can. It's just so hard to match salaries on a contract like Al Horford. But they're going to trade George Hill at some point, just as they traded Gallinari a year ago until Miami could not agree to an extension with Gallinari. But whenever you hear tank, you think of you know players not trying and not giving 100% effort. It is clear watching this team that's not the case. These players are trying. Mark is trying to win every single game. He's not putting out bad lineups. You know, he, he's finding different rotations and he's finding different, you know, he's finding different pieces that go together. He's experimenting, but he's not purposefully putting out bad products. The players are trying. The players are still playing their role and not trying to do too much or, or not trying to do something that they can't do because why not? The team is still trying to win basketball games, and they should be. This team on the floor should be trying to win. Sam Presti this offseason was not trying to win. And he was trying to take that step back. And Sam Presti has never outright said, hey guys, we're tanking. You know why? He would get fined by the NBA. These, these GMs and owners and anyone involved with the NBA, if they say we're tanking, they get fined. Sam Presti has also said that they're not rebuilding. He's never outright said, hey guys, we're rebuilding. This is a rebuild, folks. No, he's not going to say that. But obviously... They are rebuilding. What Sam Presti has said is shifting the odds. And one of the only things tied to odds in the NBA is the lottery. It takes some context clues. It takes some common sense. But this team clearly is tanking. Are they doing a great job of it? Are they going to get the reward of finishing in the bottom four, heading into lottery night? Who knows? But they're trying to lose. 
And, and again, the front office is trying to lose, not the players on the floor each and every night. But just as you can try to win a championship and you can put together a team that you think can go win a championship and then they just fall flat on their face, a la the Russell Westbrook-Paul George era, the same can be true about putting together a team that's trying to, to get you that top overall pick. So the moves will still come. They'll still trade George Hill. And they'll figure out where to go from there. But no matter what happens along the way, no matter where this journey takes us the rest of the season, remember that there's only one bad outcome. So fighting on, on your side of tanking or not tanking is all well and good, but neither side is wrong. The only side that is wrong would be rooting for the middle. As long as they avoid the middle, the rest is totally and absolutely okay. But it's still too early to know exactly what this team will be. If you think this team is not going to tank and not going to be a bad team, and you think they will make the playoffs, if you think this team will be a bad team, and you think this team will finish bottom four and head into lottery night with a good chance of getting the top overall pick, then you should not move off of that side just yet. Because it's too early. But after this month, we'll know everything. This is going to be the tell-all month. At the end of February, we can look around, the dust will settle, and we'll be able to see exactly where the thunder fall in this NBA season. But remember, as you're on Twitter and social media fighting tooth and nail about the subject, we can't control any outcome. There's only one bad outcome. And no matter what the outcome is, every single person will still be a fan of this team tomorrow. Coming up, I want to talk about that tough February stretch. I want to talk about why this week is extremely important in getting SGA to the NBA All-Star Game. And of course, we will preview tonight's game against the Houston Rockets and talk more about this baseball series with Houston and talk about where the Houston Rockets are headed this season because that's of great importance to Oklahoma City who own their first-round pick. Where is that going to fall? How have they been playing since the James Harden trade? This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in the New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it right now. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinct designers working today using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana. 10 design masters have each produced a unique, beautiful commitment ring. They are available exclusively at BlueNile.com. When they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people. And with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you are ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. And again, this exciting Limited collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I want to tell you to go check out Locked On today. We're covering everything you need to know about the Thunder, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all about the sport news you need every single morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast from. It's perfect to start your morning with while you're having that cup of coffee, heading out the door, doing whatever you're doing to get ready for the day. Check out Locked On Today to be locked on to all the news around sports. I love that tool as a resource because, again, you just get so caught up in the NBA at times during the regular season that you forget about the other sports and it keeps you up to date. That way you're still informed about everything else going on in the world. But I do want to talk about this tough stretch for the Thunder coming up this month. This is going to be a brutal month. And again, we're going to find out the trajectory of this team at the end of February. I've been saying to hold off judgment. I've been saying to wait it out. Let's just relax for a second. It's not the popular thing to do. It's not the fun thing to do. I've been saying it's too early to decide if this team is bad or good. I've been saying to sit back and and to let this team prove to you if they're a good team or if they're a bad team. And they're going to prove to you something this month. This month is when they're going to decide who they are and who they aren't. So it starts this week, and it starts off pretty light. You get two games against the Rockets, and then you get the Wolves at the end of the week back-to-back. So you'll play the Rockets tonight and Wednesday, and then the Wolves on Friday, Saturday. Now the trouble this week is, it came out tonight on the injury report at 4.30 that George Hill and Ty Jerome are out. So you will not have George Hill, at least for this game, against the Rockets. And you would imagine... The second night of the back-to-back against the Timberwolves, you would not have Al Horford. So even this week, as the teams are not just too tough, you're still going to face some adversity. Now next week, they play two games against the Lakers, both on the road. They play on the road against the Nuggets and at home against the Bucks. And it doesn't stop there. The week after that, they play the Blazers at home, the Grizzlies at home, and then they go to Milwaukee and play the Bucks, and then they go to Cleveland and play the Cavs. And then the month ends, the final week, they play the the Heat, the Spurs, the Hawks, the Nuggets, all at home. But the Hawks and Nuggets game is a back-to-back. So once again, you're probably going to miss Al Horford for that game against Denver if the trends of this season continues and he rests on back-to-backs. So that's the brutal stretch you're going on. I mean, you can count the playoff teams. The Lakers are going to be in there. You play them twice. The Nuggets are going to be in there. You play them twice. The Bucs are going to be a final contender. You play them twice. The Grizzlies, Blazers are both going to make some noise in the Western Conference. Getting to that postseason, you play them. You would imagine the Heat will turn this around. Play them. The Spurs and Cavs have been very scrappy. Who knows where they finish out in the season standings, but they've been a scrappy team nonetheless. And then you take on the Hawks, who are just kind of right there. They have, they have the potential. They have everything that they need. And by the end of the month, they might be even more healthy than they are right now. So one thing to note about that schedule is I did read off a Memphis game in there. Uh, If you have not checked the news this weekend, uh, the Memphis game was added on Saturday night. So you were not wrong in thinking that that was an outlier, but it was added on Saturday night. Uh, It was moved up from the second half of the schedule due to the fact that the the Grizzlies had that, like, what, two-week stretch where they literally did not play basketball because of the, uh, you know, the contact tracing. And so to 
add more dates and squeeze in games where they can to ensure the Grizzlies get back on track and can play as many games as they possibly can. It made a lot of sense to add this in there instead of having back-to-back off days for either team. Continue to play, get this game in, and that way the NBA will have now an extra day in the second half at least to make up one of those other games the Grizzlies missed along the way of that contact tracing. Smart move by the NBA, and the Thunder get another game this month. So the Thunder are sitting here at 8-10. They're 8-10 right now. Can they survive this stretch of playing contenders night in and night out? Look, the Rockets, we'll talk about in a second, are on a five-game winning streak, and they've been really good since the James Harden trade. Now, how much of that is just them riding high and riding the emotion, and are they going to ever come back down crashing to reality? Who knows? But you play them this second, so like you play them tonight when they're still riding high. So that doesn't really matter in the in the context of this month. You played the Lakers on the second end of a back-to-back last month, and they still and they still played LeBron and AD. I think that they're going to go ahead and play LeBron and AD in these two games next week whenever they have a game off in between. This Thunder team has been able to answer a lot of challenges. Uh, and if you want to you know, really look at this from a positive sense, you do play a lot of baseball series. You got two against the Rockets this week, two against the Wolves at the end of the week, and then two against the Lakers at the start of the week next week. The Thunder typically have been really good at those adjustments in between these series games. When they can focus on one, op- one opponent for a couple of days, they've been really good at figuring out ways to get better game to game and improve the gap game to game. And while the Spurs and the Cavs are a scrappy bunch, the Thunder are also a very scrappy bunch. So that kind of is a wash, and those two teams, I think, are very even with the Thunder. I think that the Cavs and Spurs are kind of all the same team right now with Oklahoma City. So you do have that small benefit of playing the Lakers on a baseball-style schedule. With the Nuggets and the Bucks, you don't have that advantage, uh, but that's kind of not important anyway because this roster is not constructed in a way that can even compete with those two teams. You saw what Jokic did against this team the last time that they played in Denver. He's going to do that again. Giannis is going to just absolutely obliterate this team. And it's nobody's fault. They just do not have the roster construction, and not many teams do, to slow down either of those two teams. But other than that, the Grizzlies are, are a fun little young team. So are the Thunder. I mean, maybe they can get something going there. You've already beaten Portland on the road. Can you beat them again in a couple of weeks? The schedule's really tough. It'll determine a lot. The Thunder are by no means dead in the water. But while they're not dead in the water, it's still going to be an uphill battle. But this month is a month of change. I've said this entire season. Sit back. Let this team decide who they are. Don't change your opinion yet of the preseason. It's far too early. This is where you can start to change your opinion. As the month progresses, as we get to the end of the month, however this team is playing, however they come out on the other side, good or bad of this stretch, that's going to be the kind of team that they are. Because you have a a grab bag here of all sorts of teams on this on this docket. So right now, Oklahoma City is 8-10. and 10. Where will they be come March 1st? It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. Make sure you get your predictions in on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Personally, I think that you're going to start seeing the adversity hit, right? And I hope that they can survive this, but you're already without George Hill for now. You have two back-to-backs this month where it's going to leave you with two games in which Al Horford will not play. And we still do not know the timeline on George Hill, so it could be more than just this one game. The beautiful thing about this month is, if they do survive this month, if, if they do perform extremely well, 
and steal games that they shouldn't steal and prove to the NBA world that they are once again going to overachieve, that they're once again going to be a playoff caliber team in a year in which many people peg them for being the bottom half of the Western Conference. This month's going to decide that. And for me, the prediction is going to have to be that they will fall to the bottom of the Western Conference because this schedule is just so brutal. And the bright side is, if they come out on the other side of this and they have a good record, it'll only be because your young players played well and your young players look comfortable in their new roles, looked advanced in their progression, and they develop more than you would expect them to at this stage. But this this month is brutal, and you can't blame them for having a, a, a rough record after this month because they're playing so many contenders night in and night out. But personally, I think that this team will be uh, making a check tankathon.com every other day uh, at the end of this month. But the beautiful thing about basketball is you just never know. You just never know if that's going to be right or wrong or where this team will land at. So enjoy it, but also know that this is the month of change. This is the month where you start to change your opinions on this team and you start to form opinions on this team that were not based in your preseason bias. But I do want to tell you right now about our good friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline.ag is the one place that has you covered. It is also the one place that we trust, BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account over at BetOnline.ag and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. The Super Bowl is here. It is this week. It is Sunday. You can watch the Chiefs take on the Bucks. I've got Chiefs minus three from our good friends over at BetOnline.ag. Join me in betting on the Super Bowl, on prop bets around the Super Bowl, and on every single NBA game over at betonline.ag. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportbook experts. We're also going to, of course, bet on tonight's Houston Rockets game at the end of the show. And you can go place your bets at betonline.ag. Promo code LOCKEDON, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. I also want to tell you about our good friends over at Belt Bar. Belt Bar is a phenomenal protein bar. That tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your first order. Built Bars are phenomenal and have six brand new flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple lemon crisp. They are soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, High protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. My personal favorite has to be the cookies and cream option. They are just amazing. Check them out, builtbar.com. Promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. Promo code locked on for 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. You can use them pre workout, you can use them post workout, you can even use them as a meal replacement. I find them so filling. So check them out, builtbar.com. Promo code locked on, 20% off your next order. When this podcast is over, go check out Rejecting the Screen. On the Rejecting the Screen podcast feed right now, hosts Adam Stanko and Noah Kozlov are honoring Kobe Bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event. Hear stories that you have not heard before about Kobe from his teammates, his opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts by subscribing to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcast from. It's a very well-done special. I listen to both parts. It is just amazing to hear all those stories about Kobe Bryant. Check it out. Rejecting the Screen Podcast wherever 
you get your podcast from. So I want to talk now about tonight's Rockets game. Obviously, on the 4.30 injury report last night on Sunday night, uh, Ty Jerome listed as out, George Hill listed as out. Those are the only two players on the Thunder report to accompany Trevor Ariza, who is not with the team. This game will tip off at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports Oklahoma, and the Rockets are 9-9 right now. They're on a five-game winning streak. In their last 10 games, they are 6-4. The Oklahoma City Thunder are 8-10, with their last 10 games being 4-6. So after the James Harden trade and when the dust settled on that trade, they have Victor Oladipo, Christian Woods playing at an all-star level. Our Locked On Rockets host, Jackson Gatlin, thinks that Christian Wood is better than Kristaps Porzingis. They're feeling good. I mean, they're 500 even after losing James Harden. They're playing better basketball by the numbers after the loss of James Harden, which, you know, of course they are because James Harden was just sandbagging it and not playing very well at all. So the numbers are going to go up, especially defensively. They seem to all have this special bond and connection and be playing for each other. I think that's something you cannot discount. I know a lot of people like to only look at box scores and like to only look at, you know, the advanced analytics and things like that. But there's something special about that team coming together. I mean, John Wall, Victor Oladipo, you know, DeMarcus Cousins, Christian Wood, all of their main guys are players who have been overlooked, players who are battling back from adversity, players who have been dealt a bad hand at the NBA level, and they're all bonding about that. They're all trying to compete, and they, and they all have this scrappy attitude of a genuine, a genuine belief that nobody believed in them. Like, they all feel that way, and they all want to prove that being wrong, and you're seeing them playing good basketball right now. And tying this back into the first segment, this is a game for the Thunder, as we talked about whenever, whenever we thought that this game would be the season opener. This is a game in which the, the tanking goes out the window, because either way, you're helping your draft position as the Thunder own the Rockets pick, and they own their own pick. So it's kind of a win-win. I mean, you, you're going to improve your draft pick either way. I guess technically speaking, though, you wouldn't want to split the series. Like, you'd want one team to win both games. Because I think that if you split the series, you're kind of back to where you started from. But I'm not good at math. This is not a math pod. So the bottom line remains that no matter what side you're on, this is a win-win for you in this game. We can all come together, sing Kumbaya for a couple games here, and put all that to the side. I think that the Rockets playing good basketball right now is a reminder that you can only control what you can control, though. In that tanking conversation, you can only control your pick. Sure, you have the Rockets pick, but what if they make this surge? What if they make this miraculous run to the play-in? And we can all imagine, just speaking firmly about and only about the, the, the talent we see on paper with Miami, that they're going to turn this around in the Eastern Conference. So it goes back to you can only control what you can control, and if the Thunder want a good pick, they've got to do it themselves. But there are a ton of fun storylines to watch for in this game. My favorite might be Darius Baisley because quietly he had one of his best games against Brooklyn. I know it was a blowout loss and the defense was terrible, but 14 points, five rebounds, four assists on 55% shooting from the floor, 40% from deep. Last week, Darius Baisley put up 14 points per game, six rebounds per game, two assists per game, shot 44% from the floor and 31% from deep. For context, this entire season, even including that week, Darius Baisley is averaging 10 points, seven rebounds, one assist, 40% from the floor, and 28% from three. So he did make substantial jumps last week to improve those numbers. And his season is trending upward. So I want to see what Darius Baisley can do in this game against Houston. And of course, you have to watch Teo Maldon and see what he can do about building off of 
the best shooting night in Thunder history, tied for the best shooting night in Thunder history with Karan Butler, who also went 6-for-6 six six in 2014 from Beyond the Arc. I like watching him play off ball. I wonder how they're going to incorporate him in this starting lineup and if they want to add more wrinkles of Shea playing off ball in this game. We'll see how that aspect goes. One other thing that is not important for this specific game because as of now, as of right now, George Hill is listed as out. But whenever Mark was asked about if Maldon will just go ahead and go back to leading that second unit and being the lead point guard for that second unit, he told us in the media that he does not want to want to back himself into that corner and that he just wants to see what happens moving forward. So he didn't shut the door. He did not shut the door on George Hill coming back and tail automatically going to the bench. And that's this is something that I've talked about before in the preseason of George Hill being willing to come off the bench and being willing to adjust to any role a team wants him to adjust to. So when he comes back, could you see Oklahoma City easing him in and putting him on that second unit? So as of now, he's listed as out. We'll see if that continues throughout the day. But that is something to watch for whenever George Hill returns. And then this is a big week for Shea. We mentioned the murderous row month the Thunder will have. But for this week, you're going to play four games, two of which are against Houston and two of which are against Minnesota. Shea has to have all-star level games and, and, and play at that caliber and beyond it. He has to make headlines this week because we all know it'll be tough sledding against LA and Milwaukee and Denver. You've got to capitalize on this week. You've got to, you've got to fluff yourself up this week to be prepared for a couple bad games in the month against Milwaukee and Denver and one bad game against LA or whatever the case may be. I want to see Shea dominate this week and firmly put himself in there, putting himself in that all-star conversation. And what's so good about Shea's game and what should give you so much assurance, no matter what happens this month, if this month turns out bad and the Thunder are, are a terrible team and have a terrible record and the sky is falling, what, what should give you assurance is this rebuild will not take long. In Shea's second year in Oklahoma City, third year in his NBA career, if the all-star team got announced today and Shea was not on it, he would be considered an all-star snub. And next year for Shea, in year four in the NBA, year three in Oklahoma City, he will for the first time in his entire NBA career have stability. He'll have a role that's not changing on him. He'll have coaches that are not changing on him. He'll have teammates that are not totally over overturning on him. He'll have stability, which absolutely helps development. And he's already developed into a player this good. That's a ton of fun to think about. And his development will be a ton of fun to continue to watch grow throughout this month and this year and his career. We'll be back for the post-game podcast after this game is over. Follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunderpod. This is Locked on Thunder, the daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. Be good and be good to one another. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.